Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to Women in Music with me, Millie Cotton. Today I've got such an incredible guest on the show and I'm so excited to have been able to have sat down with her. So my guest on the show for this week is Alex Amberfo, who is doing so many amazing things and I do feel like I fangirl a bit in this episode, but you know what, it's so cool for. Alex has a company called Acoustic Live that she started with her business partner when she was just 18. She also works at Metropolis Music where she's a junior booker and she looks after artists like Goldlink, co-radical and yeah many more i think alex is also an erg leader for embrace nation which is basically a network that makes sure that live nation is as diverse as it possibly can be alex has also co-founded women connect which is a female focused collective which creates a safer and all-inclusive space i hope that you enjoy this episode because i found it so informative and i really got to see a different side of the music industry that i didn't even know existed do please rate, review and subscribe if you enjoy the episode. And thank you so much for listening. Hi, Alex. Hello. It's so nice to meet you. Thank you for coming over. Nice to meet you too. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm going to start with a quick fire round because that's why I open every podcast. <laughs> okay. So what was the last thing that you listened to? Um, music. Mm. Oh my gosh, I was listening to. So I got an Uber here, and I was listening to. Do you remember Young Money? Yeah. Like a Young Money tune came on. It's like Drake, Nicki, Lil Wayne, Tiger, and I was like, this is such a throwback. Like, who even plays this? But yeah, it was nice. I was having a little dance in the back of the cab. Little Sunday morning boogie. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why not? That was the last thing I listened to. And what's your favorite dance move that went so nicely together? Ah, uh, what's my favorite dance move? Oh my gosh. The moonwalk. I, I can't moonwalk. I, I can't. Say, what's the moonwalk? Of course I know what the moonwalk is. Oh my god. Um, what has been your biggest career moment to date? Uh, probably landing my job at Metropolis Music has definitely been my biggest like move. It was such a jump from like freelancing to having a job in the corporate world that's also creative. Yeah, that was like a massive move for me. What was the first gig that you went to? Oh my gosh, what was the first gig I went to? Probably like Enter Shikari. You know when they were just really popping, I mean they're still kind of popping now, yeah. but like they were really popping back in the day, I was like 15 or something and they came to like, my mum lives in St Albans, so they came to this, I can't even remember it was, like a pub or something, there was only like 100 people there, but. How old were like, you? Probably like 15. Yeah, good. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I was 14 when I, or 15 when I went to my first gig too. Yeah. Uh, Twitter or, in, or Instagram? <gasps> Twitter or Instagram? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, that's throwing me off. I don't know. It's very 50-50 for me because I enjoy Instagram because I like scrolling through people's pictures and seeing like what they're up to. Um, but I also really love Twitter because you can have a conversation and a debate and stuff like that. I, I love having a good debate. I am the devil's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> what are you reading at the moment? I just finished reading The Kite Runner. I can't believe it's taken me this long to read it. I've not read it, actually. Oh, my gosh. Such a good book. Like, an amazing book. My friend gave it to me ages ago, literally a year ago. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll read it. It's been sitting in my flat forever. And, yeah, I just finished reading it. Really emotional, though. So, 
I'll have to check it out, actually. Yeah. I've, heard, yeah, I've heard so many good things about it. So good. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, late nights or early mornings? Early mornings. I am a morning girl. I wasn't expecting you to say that. Really? Yeah, no, I love I just, a morning. Oh, I always think just music and like everyone's like late night, but... Do you know what? I, I do like a late night. I do like being at a gig, but I just... There's just something about waking up in the morning and seeing the sun, seeing the blue sky. I just like being awake. What about in the winter? Uh, <laughs> see, I'm not a winter person. I mean, yeah, yeah definitely not. But I'd still say early morning in the winter, like, I really do enjoy being awake. Uh, a song that reminds you of childhood? Um, probably Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. I don't know, that's just, that's like the soundtrack to my life. It was just on all the time. Like my dad used to rinse that song. I went to theatre school as well, and they would just, like, make us do that song religiously. So. You went to theatre school? Yeah, I did. Nice, where did you go? It was called Theatre Train. It was also in St Albans. Oh, cool. Um, if you had to pick one genre of music to listen to for the rest of your life, what would it be? Jazz. I love jazz. It's so soothing. It's so soothing. Like, I can't get enough of jazz. It, I, yeah, it'd have to be jazz. Or, like, neo-soul. Yeah. If I can only pick one, so yeah, it'd be jazz. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, as I said, I'm really happy to have you here because you seem like you were doing so much Thank cool you. stuff. No, you do. It's, like, it's so sick. So, you... You work at Metropolis, you have Acoustic Live, yeah. you are a ERG leader, leader from, at yeah. Live Nation yeah. for Embrace Nation, mm. all these things. I'm like, where do we start? <laughs> where do we start? I think we should probably start with Acoustic Live, right? Okay, so cool. can you tell us a bit about that? So Acoustic Live started about six years ago now, we're on our sixth year, um... I started with my partner, one business partner, Q. I always <laughs> got to clarify. <laughs> um, he's amazing. We met and he was just like, oh, I really want to, I really want to work on events, blah, 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 blah. You know, so much is happening, but so much is not happening. And I was like, Do you know what? I have the same passion for events as you. And we both love music. And I've moved around to quite a few areas. And I remember at the time I was maybe like 18 and all the youth clubs in my area were like closing down. And even in my dad's area, like, there was no youth clubs because mm-hmm. of, like, government funding got cut and stuff like that. So, yeah, we basically started Acoustic Live through, because of that, you know, we needed a place for people of our demographic to come to for free as well. Because, you know, everyone's young, can't yeah. be paying, you know, £10 here, £12 early bird every single time. And pay for travel to get to the event and pay for drinks when you're at the event. Like, it's it's a lot of money. So, yeah, we decided to try and channel our energy to provide a place for people to come for free. How did the logistics of that work? Like, how did you know how to set up an event? I didn't. Like, I <laughs> didn't. I'm not even going to front and be like, yeah, I had this train and that train. I literally did not know what I was doing. Like, I just kind of I was winging it. Mm. And I was trying to, like, mirror what I'd seen when I'd go to events and stuff. And, you know, like, when you're at school and they make you do, like, careers fairs and stuff like that. That's kind of how it started, like, my um, interest in events anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, kind of asked my auntie she used to do events as well she was like yeah yeah just do this just do that but no one really knew we just kind of took a stab in the dark and it just worked (laughs) nice so where did you throw your first acoustic live our first acustic live was at box park shoreditch that's a really good venue to throw your first event it's crazy isn't it like i can't even believe we had that opportunity and they gave it to us we were kids yeah how old were you (laughs) i was 18 oh that's sick that's so cool isn't it yeah it was really nice and i I, like love that team so much they've done a lot for us but yeah so are you still throwing events now yeah we still we still do acoustic live but we only do it four times a year so we do it quarterly because we both have like nine to five jobs yeah i'm still in music um 
but yeah that's why we had to like reduce the number because we used to do it every single Sunday like throughout the year and it was just like it was too much I couldn't go to uni do acoustic live and then have like a side job and then graduate and then have my job now and still do it it was too much has so many like slashes isn't you know know. how it's like being a multi-hyphenate and everyone has multi-hyphens that's so many multi-hyphens so many so so many and people will say oh do you never run out of artists like no there's like hundreds of thousands of people that want to like perform and they're always chopping and changing and coming through and coming up so yeah so do you contact people do you reach out to people to book them to yeah so who do you reach out to is it quite grassroots so you try and reach out to fairly new artists yeah literally anyone that's like up and coming obviously they have to be of a um, a certain stature and like Mm -hmm. a quality artist but we try to tend to go for up and coming artists just because they deserve the opportunity and the platform and the exposure and and the money like you know they deserve it all so that's what we try and stick to and a lot of people that have come through acoustic live are like doing really well now so it's like nice to see oh that's so cool like you could be yeah the starting platform for so new It's people. so nice. Yeah, it's so, so nice. Lovely. So let's move on to Metropolis. Yes. How did you end up working there doing what you do? So with Metropolis, I was... What was I doing before Metropolis? Oh, sorry, I was still like doing our bits and bobs at mm. Box Park. <laughs> and um, someone reached out to me and said, oh, there's an opening coming up at Live Nation. Like, we think you'd be really good for it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh that's so random like why would you think of me and then I just ended up sending them my CV and they were like yeah come in for an interview and then they called me the next day and were like you've got the job and I was like what how long have you been there for I've been there a year now it's probably like a year and like two weeks or something like that but yeah my anniversary just literally just gone cool and so for anyone who doesn't know what does a booker do so we it's basically very similar to a an event organizer you'll you'll find an artist that you really want to work with or you Mm. think is cool or popping at the time reach out to their agent we don't tend to like speak to the artist directly but we'll reach out to an agent or a manager and see what the scope is for working together um and hopefully there is scope to work together and then we just put a show together for them because we have a really really big audience at metropolis and they're always like buying tickets and stuff so yeah yeah, that's that's basically what we do reaching out and sometimes they come to us we have meet a lot of meetings with like agents and managers who want us to just work on the live aspect for their artists so we'll put you know a marketing plan together for the next like two years some some shows that we're currently booking aren't going to happen until like 2021 but we're getting there early and like trying to yeah just create a plan for someone and help them with their life yeah that sounds like such a cool job yeah it is it's like honestly a blessing it's the best job i've ever done so what artists have you worked with so far so far while being at metropolis i've worked with uh gets gold link favorite of my life i love gold link so good his show's gonna be so good um we've done some bits of lauren hill janelle monet um Koji Radical, he's another really exciting one. Shaylingo, who else is on our roster? So many people. Um, Amalu. So do the artists, they, do they come onto a roster and then they stay there? Or is it like they're rostered for a certain period of time? No, they then... pretty much stay there. Like once you're with us, it's that's kind of like it. And then you handle all of their live bookings? All of their lives, yeah. So their agent is the person that would do the bookings. But say like, oh, Lauren Hill's coming over and she wants a support slot. Someone else um, that we work with, oh, we think someone's would be really good to open for you. And that'd be part of their marketing plan to like open for certain different different artists or do different gigs and stuff like that so we just try to create opportunities for them basically god that sounds so interesting and like so much fun it is 
You said you you focus on event creation as well. Yes. So you put together panels and things. Yeah. What sort of panels have you been put, you've been putting together, and what do you think is like important to be talking about at the moment? So um, I've only done a few, like a handful, like less than ten. Mm. But I, it's something I really do enjoy, and I think it's really needed. Like when I was growing up, I don't I don't feel like anyone was telling me, oh, this is where you can go and and learn about, I don't know, the music industry, for example. Like, everyone thought, if you're in the music industry, you have to be an artist. You couldn't be a promoter or a booker or a manager. No one knew about these kind of jobs, so those are the kind of panels that I put together. This is the thing, and this is kind of why I wanted to do this, is because until I met people who worked in music, I had no idea what goes on behind the scenes, what it takes to put together, like, a show or literally grow an artist from nothing it's literally. not like they just blow up overnight there is so much <laughs> work that goes into it but that's what you see yeah it's that's like a common misconception public facing right mm. that's what you think happens you're just kind of like oh shit they went viral now they're really big and yeah. but there's so much work that goes into it and they see that a sold out sticker on um a flight and think oh wow like that just blew up really quickly like mm. no it didn't we're literally we're grafting we're sending the the tickets to um everyone who signed up to the mailing list we're literally out here trying to get people to buy tickets to these shows like they don't just sell out like that not every I mean some do but not everyone does um but yeah those are the kind of panels I put together um I try to focus on mental health especially because I recently became a mental health first aider at my workplace nice and it's it's super important it's a conversation that needs to happen um I'm I'm just basically labeled as someone in within the workplace that's not you know an authoritative figure that it's not going to be a formal conversation I'm not going to report it but if you've got something going on in your life I'm the person that you can come and talk to who's trained as well like not just a mate yeah how does that feel is that quite a big responsibility yeah definitely I always think oh my god what if someone comes to me and I give them the wrong advice I I don't know I mean I'm sure you (laughs) would I feel like you'd be really great at it yeah, but it's just something I wanted to do. Yeah. So, but yeah. So when you train for that, what kind of training do you get? They they tell you how to like spot the signs of someone who may be going through stuff, especially with um, trigger warning. But like domestic violence, for example, um, mm-hmm. if someone's staying at work super late unnecessarily like why are they saying at work unnecessarily like just spotting the signs if someone doesn't come in on I don't know a Monday every single week why are they not coming on that Monday are they recovering from something that tends to happen on the weekend like just spotting the signs and that kind of stuff um and how how to deal with that and trigger warnings as well that's a really important thing you can't just speak about traumatic experiences with just anyone you have to you have to be careful with what you say to certain people but yeah it's interesting learning about that because having a candid conversation you just never think like oh they might have gone through something that you probably shouldn't bring up so yeah yeah Yeah, that's super true and very interesting so you're also an erg leader yes i am for live nation and embrace nation can you tell us a bit about embrace nation and how it came about so Embrace Nation um, is basically a culture hub, um, a learning a learning place for all of our Live Nation employees. It's, it's currently internal, but it will expand to be external eventually, like when we get our feet kind of like stuck a bit more in the mud. Mm-hmm. Um, we started it because Live Nation's a really diverse company, like it's super diverse. People from all walks of life, all backgrounds, all ages, everything, sex, everything. So, um, but there was no like group we have a lot of groups within live nation we've got we nation which focuses on women we've got pride nation which focuses on like lgbtq community but we had nothing that focused on the cultural background of a lot of our employees within the company and a lot of the music that we actually promote say for example grime music people would like 
mix up grime and rap and be like, oh, he's a big grime star. It's like, no, he's not. He's a he's a rapper. He doesn't do grime at all. Yeah. But um, it's nice to like have employees be like, oh, what does this mean? And, and what can I and can I, you know, what can and can't I say? I've got like a massive afro and I've always have people wanting to touch my hair like everywhere I go oh, oh my goodness that's rare. so weird isn't it's it so strange so weird so strange but people like it's an ignorance but it's also like fascination and a lot of people don't know that you can't just go up to someone and touch their hair because you just if someone did that to you you'd be weirded out but who I don't understand who would do that I just I'm, my they mind exist. is like slightly blown that's really weird like, they exist yeah yeah it's really strange but little things like that like I don't really get offended because it's like okay it's still a fascination but it's something that people need to learn as well so we discuss a lot of stuff like that so how do you discuss it do you put together events where people come to and then you discuss these things or is it something like you have like a weekly meeting with everyone or so it's it's really informal so our first event we just had everyone sitting in the room we had food from all different backgrounds um people were asking about indian food chinese food someone was going traveling and they were like i've never had anything other than English food in my life like what do I need to like ask for blah 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 and it's just just a place for someone to come and learn informally we had like um mixers and alcohol from like different places like vodka's Russian for example and you know just teaching people about stuff like that and trying to tie music at the same time so yeah that's that's basically how our events go we also hold like um brainstorming meetings where what what can we do better within the company for example like we'll just get everyone in what do we need to do better what's going on like what do we know what do we don't know like you know asking really candid questions it must be so amazing to be part of a company that is so supportive of all of these different things and really implements it into your everyday work life yeah absolutely I've I've been there a year and I never thought like I'd be able to walk into a company and be like, this needs to change. And it actually does change. Yeah. So who thought up the idea of Embrace Nation? So there was a guy called Abraham at Live Nation. He He's just amazing. Like he really, I think he's been there about three years now, but he's always like talking about what we can do better. Mm. So it was initially his like idea to be like, let's get all the employees together and let's just do something. And then there's like um, another five of us who also help out. So, yeah, we're like a group. Embrace Nation's now a big group. Um, Ray Cosba, he's the MD of Metropolis Music. He um, is our executive sponsor as well. And he's just, like, really supportive. He's really, really, really supportive, which is just so nice. Sounds like such a great place to be. Yeah, it is. Because I've never really had that before, where, like, my boss is like, yeah, yeah. go on then, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, no, that must be just, like, such a great feeling to feel so supported. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a bit about diversity within the music industry. I feel like we've just done that, but some more. <laughs> we can go again. Yeah. How would you say that race and gender affects people within the music industry? I think it's a really slow road to be on. Um, I'm I'm not high up in my in my company at all. Like I've just started. I'm like baby steps at the moment, but I know what I'm doing. But I still find sometimes, you know, you go into meetings with like six old white men and they just think oh like are you gonna make us the tea like no I'm not I'm actually here to lead the meeting oh no (laughs) honestly every single time but it's fine because I'm okay with it and because I'm affecting change but if I wasn't then I'd be like really I think I'd be really hurt by it still because why like what is it that's what I, I know what it is but why does that still happen and I think it's a, yeah, like I said, it's a really, really slow road to be on, but it Mm. is changing, definitely. Do you think it's partly, because 
I get this quite a lot because you look quite young and you are yes. quite young. Yeah. Because I've got the face of a 12 year old also. also. It's, it's a nightmare. It's, like, it's oh. like a blessing, but a curse. Yeah, I mean, when we're like 50, it's going to be all right, but. 100%. But it's yeah. so boring though, like, I'm not 12. Everyone always thinks I'm an intern or. Yeah. Like, I'm an adult. I pay big women bills. I've got a big women job. <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to do big women things out here and you are trying to, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's but. really frustrating for me. And because I'm short. Oh, my God. I'm ashamed. <laughs> yeah. I know, you probably get the same struggles everywhere, but because I'm short. But it's short, weird because I don't think other people necessarily understand it. Like, the short thing and the looking young thing. Yeah. But then I think it's also very much, like you said, it's how you allow other people to treat you. Yeah. So. Because if you walk in with that confidence, your head held high, so it's like, oh, okay. Mm. She's not here to just, like, make up us tea and, like, rub our feet. Yeah. Like, I'm not. And there's nothing wrong with that either, but... That's not what I do. So I read in an interview recently that you were concerned about the way that the media portrays certain artists mm. and especially, like, specifically drill artists. Yeah. Why is that? Because I feel like the media tries to demonise drill music. If they listen to, to actively listen to drill music, it's it's about the experiences that people have gone through. They say, oh, you know, you're promoting gang violence and you're doing this and you're doing that, blah, blah, blah. And like, granted, some people are, of course, but that's like every genre. Like some mm. people are going to be talking about all kinds of wild things. But the media definitely does try to demonise drill music to the point where they're even trying to get it banned or they will... Um, shut down drill shows for example like remember obviously Giggs is not drill but Mm. he couldn't perform anywhere like a decade ago he couldn't perform anywhere the police would just shut his shows down like that nothing was happening at the gig shows but they felt like he was promoting gang violence he's not promoting anything he's just speaking about his experiences past experiences as well and I think it's really important to let people have the freedom to talk about what they've gone through or what they've seen people go through. That's the whole point of music, right? Yeah. It's to share experiences in a way that, like, via a different medium. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So going on from that, do you feel like the media these days actually has that much control over public persona? Because I don't necessarily think that they do. No. Because of I... social media and things like that. So yeah. It's so easy to connect with people personally. Mm, I think it depends on the kind of person you are as well. Mm. Like, what you... you you consume someone could read a newspaper and be like yeah that's facts and they can just run with that and other people be like mm, there's more to the story here let me go on that this person's social media and have a look through how they actually conduct themselves yeah but i think it's becoming harder and harder for the media to create a perception of an artist or a, or a genre now because there's so much personability with people having their own social media which i love i love that because you can't you just can't do that it feels like you know everything about everyone and everyone's almost like you know your best mate or a friend of a friend yeah. and you feel so close to pretty much everything like everyone and everything because you can see everything that they're doing <laughs> yeah like yeah. literally we haven't spoken about the collective that you've co-founded Women Connect. Women Connect. Oh, this is my favourite thing to speak about. And that's such a nice... Like, it ties in so well. (laughs) Yeah. Um, How did we start Women Connect? So, when I started... Before I started Metropolis, I always wanted to, like, be part of a female collective, but I felt like there was none that I... I didn't really fit into any of them. Mm. I'm, I'm kind of that person that's friends with everyone, but not, like, close friends with, like... I don't have a set of, like, really close friends bar, like, two people. Yeah. So, um... 
that was kind of where my mind was at. And I remember starting Metropolis and making really good friends with one of my colleagues there. We just like clicked instantly. And I always said to her like it would be really nice to like create a safe space for women to come and speak about our our troubles or a safe space for women to come and find out about what they can do if they're in, I don't know, whatever circumstance they're in. So that's and she was just really on board with it. She's like, Yeah, yeah, definitely, let's do that. And then I've got a mate at Sony who was also really interested in joining the collective. So she was like, Yeah, let's just like let's do it and we did our first event um march this year um for international women's day and then it just like kind of blew up like we didn't expect it to kind of do as well as it did i thought okay we'll probably get about 50 women there like it's all good i mean 50 women is amazing i mean yeah it's really good because <laughs> i was thinking if we can all bring like 15 to, like to yeah. 20 people then it'll be like a full enough room and then it just ended up being like 200 women in one room and it was just insane. insane i know that's amazing it's insane but it, it basically is just a safe space for women to come and speak about whatever's going on in their life um to learn about mental health to learn about the issues that women who aren't as privileged as like you want you and i maybe mm-hmm. are going through like we did a period poverty event because that's a massive crisis in the uk yeah there's so many like young girls that can't even afford basic sanitary products or girls that like maybe live with just their dad and they haven't told their dad that they start their period so they're kind of like struggling to get those things together like this that it's that's it happens more than people think it does yeah we just like raised um loads of um donations on see foundations (laughs) donations that you know donate to various period poverty charities and just things like that like there's lots of stuff that women are going through it sounds like you're just doing so many good things that are just so helpful for so many people. Oh, thank you. Um, which is, yeah, so exciting. With all these different things, where do you find that your energy is most focused? I definitely say it's a balance of Metropolis and Women Connect. Because Acoustic Live has been running for so long, yeah. it kind of runs itself. I can do it with my eyes closed, but Women Connect is quite new, so I want to like put all my energy into that and then obviously I've got to put energy into my job as well because I love my job and yeah and, and your job with. is your job yeah like, <laughs> that's how I pay my bills so. yeah exactly so that one's um, that one's a biggie I should probably put some effort into that one as well but yeah do you find time for yourself or do you find that you're like always working because where I'm freelance I never yeah. don't work like we're doing this here on a Sunday morning yeah. most people yeah. think shit like working I mean it doesn't really feel like work but yeah theoretically like work we are actually working right now and on it's a Sunday, a Sunday morning. morning yeah um so yeah how do you balance your because you asked well I it looks like you're so busy how yeah. do you balance like having a your own life and your work life or do you feel that they they cross over definitely yeah. like my colleagues have now become like my closest friends I have, I've been working with them for a year now and we're just like really tight we even spend like the weekends together like I will go to each other's houses and stuff so that that's kind of nice as well because mm-hmm. I can tie that all in you know, I spend time with my friends who I also work with and they've become friends with my outside friends who don't actually work in the music industry which is cool yeah. and I've met all their like outside friends even some of their family members I like know now um that's kind of like what how I balance things like trying to bring my friends to, like shows and stuff so I have time to like spend with my friends but I'm also like half working at the same time mm. but at our shows we never really work and it's all like it's just so much fun yeah. so it's like this is fun so yeah, I don't exactly. feel like I'm working but I don't no, know I think that's the best thing when you find a job where you don't feel like you're working yeah but it's such a like such I was about to say exactly that like it is such a <laughs> I feel very privileged to like yeah call this work which is amazing yeah um so 
This is such a big question. Okay, I'm <laughs> so, ready. <laughs> do you think we'll ever see a time where there is racial, cultural and gender equality? Yes, I do. I do believe we will see a time, but maybe not in this lifetime. I do think one day it's definitely going to happen because at some point in the history of the world, there must it must have been fine before things started to, you know, people started to rub things the wrong way. And even now, living in London, which is so multicultural, is like, the best thing ever like I forget that oh when I leave London it's actually not really like that everywhere else like it's, it's quite scary that they haven't quite caught up but. yeah it is really weird I went to the countryside the other day and I was walking down the high street and yeah. it's one of those things where you just don't really clock like my mum is half Trinidadian yeah and it's not something that I noticed when I was growing up yeah. but like my mum was black, like, yeah. but being back in Tamadraz where I'm from yeah. and there being only white people and, like, literally seeing only white people for an hour, I was like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. I like, this is really weird. Yeah. But I think it's having now lived in London for so long that I've realised that we do live in this, like, wonderful cultural bubble. Yes, it's so nice, but then you just, you forget, don't you? Because we get really comfortable, like, nothing really, I mean, things happen here, but, like, not to... The, ex- the same extremes as maybe outside of London so when mm. I leave London I'm like oh wait I forgot like oh my god this is so shocking mm, no definitely yeah. um, I think one day yeah I hope so yeah definitely um, and lastly what advice would you give to anyone who aspires to do any of the many wonderful things that you're doing I would say get in there early definitely I think it's been good for me that I I started so young like I was 18 and I was ready to go even if you don't know what you want to do like throw yourself into stuff because then you've got more time to figure out what you want to do rather than get to 50 and be like actually I want to change and there's nothing wrong with that either because like my dad's done something really similar Mm. where he's now like oh I want to do this now and that's so nice but try and get there early try and figure out what you want to do try loads of different things as well because you never know what you're going to like and you can always tie all the different pies that you've got your fingers in together which is what I feel like I've kind of done and I'm, I'm ha- happy with where I am so yeah that's the advice I'd give I'd also say like don't don't be afraid to like ask for help don't be afraid to think oh you know I need the help from this person they might say no but that's the worst that's the worst thing they're gonna say and that's not even that bad so it's fine yeah and if there's one person who says no there's always someone else who's willing to help right absolutely yeah um, and actually, finally, <laughs> where can everyone find you online and how can they come to your next Women Connects event? So our next event is on the 25th of September. It's actually sold out, but we've got a waiting list. So just in case people like refund their tickets or whatever, they can they can always purchase them. So um, we're Women Connect UK on everything. And I'm on my personal socials. I'm Planet Alex on everything. There's an underscore on my... Twitter. So it's Planet Alex underscore my Twitter and just Planet Alex on Instagram. That's I will put it in the show notes anyway. Okay. But thank you so much. God, I am just, I'm so happy to be here with you. It's just like, you know, when you meet those people who you're just like, ah, fuck, I want to be you. Oh, <laughs> I love that. So we've been trying to work this out for ages. Like, oh, I can't do today. Oh, you can't do today. No, okay, exactly. I'm finally here. Just, I think you're just doing so many great things and making such a big difference. Thank you. So, yeah, it's so nice to spend some time with you. I appreciate that. And yeah, thank you for coming on and yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening, everyone, and go find Alex on the internet. Yes. Cool. Bye. Bye.